Hello and welcome to the SPK Betting Podcast. Fear not, Jess, Ross and TC have not been replaced. The horse racing podcast will carry on as normal, but this is our new football show. Over the next half an hour, we're going to provide you with all the information you need ahead of a great weekend of football. My name is Alex Brinton and with me today is Freddie Walker from the Centre Spot Podcast and Izzy Baker from The Sun. Izzy, do you want to tell, introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, for sure. So, like you said, I'm a sports reporter. I mainly do stuff for The Sun. I do broadcast bits here and there for Talk Sport and the BBC. Um, I'm a massive Fulham fan. I'll cut to the chase. There is a cake on the table. <laughs> I, I visited every um, high-class establishment in London, including Waitrose and M&S, and I wanted a Victoria sponge, but they only had a red velvet. And the story behind it is that the fact that it's kind of, you know, you see football fans bring in flares to stadiums, you see them bring in maybe illegal substances. But with Fulham fans, there's an iconic picture of a man crouching over oh, Victoria yeah. Sponge in the stands. And he was at halftime cutting up a Victoria Sponge um, to give it out to fellow fans. And I think that just kind of sets the tone of what Fulham is like as a club. <laughs> I think I said to you guys before that the most we're going to be fighting over is a pack of sweets. And that's <laughs> like, you can't really dislike Fulham as a club. We got some celebrity fans like Margot Robbie, Yakin Phoenix. Um, we won't talk about the Michael Jackson statue, no, okay, but yeah, yeah. we'll brush over that part. Um, but yeah, that's why I brought a cake, and it is a red velvet cake. But let's just pretend it's a Victoria sponge. Okay, and Freddie, <laughs> yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, I'm host of the uh, Sense Spot podcast. It's a podcast with all my boys from <laughs> school times, and we discuss the big sporting events and big sporting stories from across the week on a weekly basis. Um, a lot of heated debate on the Premier League, um, but yeah, also an Arsenal fan and brought in my FA Cup final scarf from the FA Cup final against Chelsea. Here, it's one of my favourite games of all time, to be honest. Um, Ramsey scoring the winner off a Giroud ball, Diego Costa getting pocketed by Per Mertesacker. So it's just a great game for me. So, yeah, that's, that's and, um for my sins, I'm a Villa fan, and I've brought in uh, a replica of the first shirt I ever had. So this is the 0203 Villa home shirt. Dusted off the cobwebs. Dusted <laughs> off the cobwebs. It's peeled a bit, but, you know, who doesn't love Rover and Deodora if they're still going? Anyway, let's cut to the chase. And this weekend's football, Liverpool and Manchester City mm-hmm. play. The ma- biggest game of the weekend, and... For me, anyway, it's a little bit reassuring to see these two teams back at the top. You know, you just sort of think, oh, safety. We've had this for the last five (laughs) years. We know what's going on here. I know sort of know how to deal with these things. And also, uh, there's a free bet builder for this game with SBK. So make sure you opt in and get your bets placed for that. So, Izzy, are you surprised at how well Liverpool are doing so far this year? Well, it has been a a red-hot start, but like... As you said, if you look at Liverpool, they are where we expect them to be. Um, But I didn't, as a journalist, didn't really see it coming. I don't think the fans did either. You know, I think the the mood was that they would be challenging for the top four this season, but not the title. And I kind of felt like that from Klopp in like his press conferences as well. With all the changes made in the summer, the new look midfield this season was kind of an unknown. And obviously it's that kind of like seven year curse for Klopp, like it could have been that. Um, But, and also... As a reporter, I was at the Luton um, Liverpool draw just recently, and I felt like that kind of they've been on a really good run, and that kind of set them crashing back to reality. So it's going to be really interesting to see the game this weekend and see how they built from that, because really it just seemed like they'd gone 
how many steps forward and how many steps back with that Luton game. Um, and Klopp himself was like, okay, it was great. You know, Diaz scoring, what an emotional mm. story that was. But actually, there's some glaring mistakes still happening in the side. You know, Darwin Nunes can be brilliant at times, but he can be so wasteful. And mm. that was apparent at Kenilworth Road, you know. Yeah. In someone's back garden, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and Freddie, like, what, what sort of impressed you so far about Liverpool? Quite a lot has impressed me. Like, as you said, I didn't have them up there as title challenges at the beginning mm. of the season. I, I didn't think Klopp, with all the change in the team in the last couple of years, would be able to push on to another title. And it's still yet to be seen whether they will stay in this, this, this race. But their attack, as always, has been phenomenal. Mo Salah, the Egyptian king, showing once yeah. again this season why he is royalty. Um, he's been an unbelievable goal-scoring machine, Mr. Consistent. And then also, Darwin Nunes has actually impressed me this year. Mm. I think he's having more of an impact on the Liverpool team. The big money signing that he didn't really show last year, um, even though he loves missing a sitter still. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's got eight goal contributions in 11 Premier League appearances. <laughs> he's just had a very good international break as well, scoring three and two. Um, and then obviously that Newcastle game when they were down to 10 men, getting the, getting the two goals yeah. and single-handedly winning in that game. But... For me, they've the defence has actually outperformed the attack, or it's impressed me more this year because it received so much criticism last year, the defence, and conceded a lot of goals. And they've conceded the least amount of goals in the Premier League so far, along with Arsenal. Um, so the way that Klopp's been able to transform that defence again um, to a solid unit without actually making any signings, mm. um, it's really just Van Dijk has hit peak Van Dijk form yeah. again after that October 2020 injury. And he's looking back to his best and Trent's defending well again, which helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Izzy, for most of their games, you've sort of seen um, them play this midfield three with McAllister, Shabosholai and grabbing back Elliot or Jones sort of in that other role. And I mean, when I, at the start of the season, I was thinking there's no way this is going to work because they simply do not have a defensive midfielder. They did buy Endo. Do you think he's in line to start at the mm. Etihad, given the, how good City are going forward? Yeah, I would say so. I think it's a really interesting question because obviously I think, I think just talking about Liverpool's midfield in general is the question on everyone's lips, isn't it? You know, they embarked on this rebuild in the summer and they kind of lacked this mobility and creativity in the centre of the pitch. So it was always likely that they were going to make these changes and, you know, whether it was going to work out, that was kind of the question on everyone's lips. I think that the start of the season, though, like you said, it kind of made it obvious how desperate they are of of that anchor and that base of, of their midfield unit. I think it was like the draw with Chelsea. They just were so easy to play through. So mm -hmm. you wonder if that could happen with City because um, the back four had no protection. So, yeah, I would say so. I think it's it, it definitely Endo has a chance of starting. And obviously their failure to land, um, was it Romeo Lavio and Caicedo in the summer um, signing for Chelsea is just you know, put that emphasis on yeah. a player like Endo. And Freddie, so where can Liverpool really hurt City? Obviously, they've got the attack, they've got Nunes, they've got Salah. What do you yeah. think they can do? I mean, it's going to be tough at the Etihad, but I think just Liverpool, being Liverpool, it's going to be on the counter, direct play. Um, playing the ball into Mo Salah early and, and letting him run at City players when they're out of position, because if they're set, it's going to be so hard for Liverpool to break down City. You need to have the high press, make them make mistakes and then capitalise on those mistakes, be clinical, because City aren't going to give you that many chances. Um, and 
yeah, I think just playing the ball into Mo Salah and the other winger, whether it's Diaz or Jota, um, I think probably better to go for Diaz. Carl Walker had a tough week last yeah. week against <laughs> Sterling. And then Gavardio as well had a tough week. He made a mistake for the, the Rhys James ball to Sterling mm-hmm. got. Um, so, yeah, I think attacking down the wings as well is another area that they can get them, but it's going it's to be tough. <laughs> On to City then. I don't think anyone is surprised to see them at the top of the table. I mean, they've won the last three Premier Leagues in a row and they're currently heavy favourites to win the title with SBK at 1.53. Freddie, like very simply, can they be stopped? And if so, how? <laughs> Mikel Arteta. <laughs> no, putting my delusion and hope aside. Yeah, yeah, let's put that aside. Uh, they, it's going to be very hard to stop them. Um, I Klopp has done it before, but they don't even have KDB right now. I know, it's and they're still somehow top of the table. They've looked at points this season. Like, they can be stopped and they will be stopped. Mm. But then they're still top of the league. They don't have KDB. Yeah, yeah. And then they lose the three games with with Rodri out when he got the red card. Mm. So maybe that's an area that yeah. if Rodri was to get a, an, injury. A, an injury, then potentially that could be a way that they get stopped. But that's the only area that I see as an area of weakness when mm. it comes to injuries or whatever. So it's, it's going to be very, very tough to do it. And Izzy, City have won 23 <laughs> home games in a row. Firstly, how ridiculous is that as a stat? And it, realistically for the rest of us, is that this the best chance of that ending? It's mind-blowing, that stat, considering Etihad is quite soulless. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But they obviously do brilliantly at home. Um, And if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think this is the best chance of it ending. Like, I think there's just levels to this, and City are by far above Liverpool in terms of being that finished product. Yes, Liverpool are grinding out results or getting a really good result against the likes of Brentford, maybe, Mm. but still it's a 1-1 draw with Luton and things like that, and I just don't think City are on that level but I think when you reel off a stat like that it's like it's not just is it ridiculous or is this is this City team one of the greatest teams ever um and I think this year has always felt different hasn't it you know they've got the secret ingredient the missing piece in Haaland you know in the summer they've got even stronger despite you know missing injuries and things like that and and the teams they've beaten um and they just look so poised under any kind of title Mm. pressure this season um, in the way that other teams just can't do it. Sorry to mention the likes of Arsenal (laughs) season and things like that. I just think they just seem cool, calm and collected. And I think that will prevail when they meet the likes of of Liverpool. And so, Freddie, back onto this game, really. A lot of talk has been made that Haaland is either either scoring a hat-trick or he's scoring maybe scoring one or he's literally not having a shot on target and touching the ball about four times. Yeah. In his three games against Van Dijk, he's never scored and Van Dijk is back to his best, as, we, as you've touched on earlier. Yeah. How much are you looking forward to seeing these two go at it again? Oh, I'm, I'm buzzing. It's going to be a great, great battle. They they do look like two kind of gladiators from the past, so it's, it's, it's going to be a big duel. Um, and I, I feel like Haaland will have someone in his ear all week saying, you haven't scored against Van Dijk, mm. kind of winding him up and... He'll, he'll, he'll get a goal, I think. Um, but, you know, Van Dijk, as we've touched on, the form he's in, he'll be doing everything to stop him. But there's there's other defenders that he can pull on yeah. to and, and, and make a fool of. So he'll be looking to change it, and I, I think he probably will this weekend. Right, so without further ado, let's get to our bet builders. Izzy, you go first. Right, I think going off from what I just said, I went with City to win in terms of just 
the levels at where they're at, you reeling off that ridiculous yeah. stat, 23 home games in a row across all competitions, uh, does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? Um, Alexis McAllister, I've gone with to, to get a yellow, um, watching him in games, he's an absolute um, workhorse, he's a battler on the pitch, and unfortunately that comes with yeah. getting carded at times <laughs> and Nunes over one and a half shots on target because um having again reported it at Liverpool games um he they're not all they're not always on target actually the shots but he does <laughs> there will be some like he is I think he's a, he's been an upturn in form this season as you said kind of living up to that price tag a bit more this season um and he will go towards goal and I do think him and Salah I believe along with the Aston Villa partnership have the best strike partnership in the Prem in terms of stats so that really kind of edged it for me go on then Freddie all right, I have gone for City to win. I wanted to back Liverpool, but it's hard to do it when you look at the stats. I've gone over 3.5 goals. So the last four games that the Etihad between these two have been over 3.5. And eight out of the last 10 going back to 2020 have been over 3.5. So it's always a goals fest. Yeah. So I think that's that's a good one to get in. And then I've gone actually Endo to get a yellow. I think they will play Endo in the DM. Mm. And I mean, with City, they're going to have a lot of breaks and he's going to be having to make fouls. And I, I was actually at Anfield for the Brentford game um, last week when they won 3-0 and Endo made a pretty horrific challenge that he, he got away with, <laughs> with with a red or a yellow. He didn't yeah, get either. Yeah. So I think maybe they owe him one. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. So, uh, on yeah. list for this week. Yeah, I went that in and that's that's at 11.5. So, um, yeah, that's that's my bet builder. And um, for me, it's a, it's a clean sweep of City to win, unfortunately, for Liverpool fans. Um, I've gone for both teams to score as... You've sort of touched on there a lot of goal fest in these games. And with that Liverpool attack, I do think they will get at least one. Mm. And I've gone for over 4.5 cards. We've got Chris Kavanagh referee in this game and he's averaging 4.6 cards a game so far this season. Oh, so okay. over 4.5 cards for uh, this game. And yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's excessive. And that pays out at, um, a miserly little four. But uh, as we'll come on to in a second, some of my other odds are a bit bigger. So don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> and then... Right, moving on to the Premier League. So each week for this section, we are going to do a um, four-team acker each. Okay, so that's quite. It's not an easy task. No, that's not it's tough. This it's week. not. Yeah, very tough this week. There's a lot of games that are sort of in the middle, not mm. really sure. There's nothing that's like clear cut really. So I've gone for Everton to beat United, West Ham to beat Burnley. Palace to beat Luton and Forest to beat Brighton. And that pays 38 with SBK. Now, I am unbelievably convinced that Everton are going to stay up. I think Goodison Park is going to be absolutely rocking for this game. And United are just so sort of frail. And I'm just never sure about what the hell they're going to turn up with, especially away from home. West Ham, I think they'll beat Burnley. Burnley, they've only not lost against Luton and Forest. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Um, I think Palace will win a close game at Luton. I think Luton's it's home record... boring, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that'll be last on match of the day, I think. Um, Let's face it. Yeah, Palace's... Palace's um, sorry, Luton's home record is actually surprisingly good. I mean, they haven't got a great number of results, but they have only lost by one goal in yeah. any of the games they've played. So I think that'll be tight, but I think Palace, with the sort of people they've got back, um, will be good. And then... Yeah, Forest to beat Brighton, which may sound a bit alarming, but Brighton have a load of injuries. Matoma, Ferguson, Dunk, Solly March, Danny Welbeck, Milner and others are all out. And Forest, as I know as a Villa fan, have a great home record, which cost us a couple of weeks ago. And they've only lost twice at home since they've gone promoted. So, yeah, I think it's pretty much, you might as well just 
pay, pay out now. <laughs> um, Freddie, uh, for you, what have you got, mate? Uh, I've gone West Ham to beat Burnley, Palace to beat Luton, Arsenal to beat Brentford and Villa to beat Spurs at 21. Um, no North London bias in there whatsoever. <laughs> I've, I've gone for West Ham to beat Burnley because, I mean, there was news this week that Bowen's not going to be able to play um, getting his knee looked at. So that made me a little bit nervous with that one, mm. but I, I just think they're too strong for Burnley. Burnley have looked poor. They ha- haven't shown the form that they had in the championship. Then Palace, Eze and Elise are both back from injuries now. They, they're kind of back within the last couple of weeks, but I think Elise is going to start this week. And it just adds a lot more attacking threat yeah, to Palace. Those two together. Yeah, yeah. it should be. Really what Palace have yeah. yeah. And Edouard <laughs> was good at the beginning of the season as well with his yeah, last goal form. Yeah. So hopefully with those guys behind him, should be able to help him a little bit. Um, and then Villa, I just think it's going to be Spursy. And <laughs> Spurs' injuries are going to have a big impact in this game. Van der Ven and uh, Madison being the key ones. No Romero as well, but... Van der Ven has been able to cover that high line yeah. so well um, that when you take him out, the pace in behind, they don't have a man that can get back and recover. Um, so I think Villa are going to take advantage of that and, and, and they'll win that game uh, and then go ahead of Spurs and not Spurs out of the top four, which will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've gone Arsenal to beat Brentford. It's going to be a tough game, I think. Um, not as easy as last year where we beat them 3-0 at a 12.30 kickoff and it was very easy but we need to capitalize on that 12 30 result whatever it may be if it's a draw overtake both if it's yeah. um a loss for one overtake yeah. that, that one um so and yeah brentford was shocking against liverpool so um i think it should be good and izzy you we've got some massive odds for you got, so go on I, then. okay so i've done some of it based on some stats but also based on like uh interactions with managers and press conferences from like the last um fixtures so i went with brighton to beat forest Villa to beat Tottenham, Chelsea to beat Newcastle, and Brentford to beat Arsenal. But hear me out, guys. So I know you mentioned about the injuries at Brighton, but having been in that press conference, like Brighton are still scoring so many goals. They've scored 90 goals in 44 games, the most for them in a calendar year since 1976. Um, So it's guaranteed they're going to score goals against an, an okay Forest side. And also they are so angry and livid after that Sheffield game, Sheffield United game, that I feel like they're going to unleash this anger onto Forest and Forest going to have the brunt of that. Okay. With Villa, I think it kind of, I just think there's, oh, with Villa, I just think there's just no stopping them. Um, you know, won six of their past eight league matches. Um, I, I think they are in the best form of the division in terms of winning and picking up points right now. Um, so that's my reason having watched them they're just so good <laughs> um chelsea kind of enjoying this upturn in form before the international break um i think cole palmer in particular i picked out um was on on fire at the minute involved in six goals in his past five league appearances that's four goals and two assists i just think he's having a great run of form. I also think Poch has finally implemented his vision, um, sadly to say as a Fulham fan. <laughs> and, and obviously Arsenal are flying high in the league, but I just think you can write Brentford off at your own peril. Mm, um, I've watched so many of their games against um, giant sides, you know, big Premier League teams, and they just pull it out the bag. Mm. Um, I've covered a lot of Brentford's games as well. And also that front three of Malpe, Wissa and Mbwumo, um is one of the best in the Prem. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, but I think Brentford are going to kind of unleash the anger from Liverpool as well. So I, I tip Brentford to win it. Okay. 
devastating. Yes, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now um, we're going to move on to the EFL, and we're going to do three selections each to make up a little ACA. One from each league. Um, I'll go first. Starting off on Friday night, I've got Leeds to beat Rotherham. Uh, Leeds have won their last three in a row. They're really starting to kick into gear in the championship. And Rotherham are that side. They just go up and then they go down again. They're pretty, yeah, Leeds. And it's a bit of a Yorkshire derby, so I'm sure the atmosphere at Ellen Road will be absolutely buzzing. Mm. Um, then I've gone for Oxford to beat Cheltenham. I mean, Oxford is second and Cheltenham are 23rd. I don't think I really need to go into much more detail than that. <laughs> and then Stockport um, to beat Newport. Well, Stockport have won 12 in a row and they're playing 20th placed Newport County. Again, pretty self-explanatory, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore you. Um, and the odds for that are a low three point six, but we're playing it safe. Uh, Freddie, who have you got, mate? I have gone for Wrexham to beat Morecambe in in League Two. Reasoning: Wrexham actually just lost two 0 to Accrington. They've had an eleven game unbeaten run, and now they're going back to the race course against ninth, ninth place Morecambe. So I just back them to come back and push for those automatic promotion yeah. spots again. Um, then I've gone for Bolton to beat Exeter. Um, I think the odds here are pretty good. It's 1.57 for third versus 20th. Um, and Bolton are in great form. They could make it eight wins in a row in all comps. And that hasn't hasn't happened at Bolton since 1990. So um, I'm sure they're going to be going for that, trying to make a little bit of history. Um, and yeah, I think that's a, that's a fairly safe bet. And then... I've gone for Birmingham to beat uh, Sheffield Wednesday. And <laughs> surely, surely it's time for Rooney to get his first win. Nah. They've, they've, they've had five games against, <laughs> against tough opponents, to be fair, since coming Middlesbrough, Hull, Sunderland, Southampton, Nipswich. Um, but surely Wayne, with this one, 24th place, <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday on six points, surely he's going to get a win. Uh, and get the fans off his back a little bit because they're very on his back right now, yeah. um, which is surprising considering he's only five games in. But yeah, that's that's my three, and that's a 4.7. And Izzy, who have you got? So I went with Bristol City to beat Middlesbrough, uh, Barnsley to beat Wickham, and Crewe to beat Doncaster. Um, starting off with Bristol City, I knew that they had a good track record against Middlesbrough, weirdly, I think, from covering some of their games, one of their games. And um, I think they've got like 11 wins compared to Borough's six. So they just had that good track record kind of weighed it for me. And with Barnsley and Wickham, Wickham just haven't had that that season that we thought they'd have. But I think Gareth Ainsworth is particularly disappointed. I think they've lost their last three league matches, um, both league one matches they've played on the road. Um and then I put, yeah, Crew to beat Doncaster. It was pretty much just their positions in the table, really. Yeah. You know, you've got a strong place, fit, fifth place for Crew, and then Doncaster in 18th. Um, but you never know with those leagues. No, <laughs> no, it's so hard. To call. That's why it's so exciting. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now each week we're going to pick a goal scorer from the top four English leagues. Uh, there's one rule for this you're not allowed Haaland, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, let's be honest, most of us would pick him each week, and the odds are also. <laughs> rubbish for Haaland because yeah I've gone for Decore now I'm doubling down on this Everton thing if they don't win I'm going to look a right mug that's what I'm going to say <laughs> but Decore is their leading goal scorer with four and they're playing obviously Man United at home as we touched on earlier in the 430 I th yeah like I said 
Goodison's going to be rocking. And I just can see him just sort of arriving to one on the edge of the box and just lashing it home. <laughs> if, yeah. And the odds are 5.4. Um, yeah, I'm so certain that's going to happen. Freddie, who have you gone for, mate? I have gone for Dominic Solanke. Um, got two goals against Newcastle, so he's in goal-scoring form. He's already matched his Premier League goals tally from last season in 12 games compared to 33 <laughs> yeah. last year. So he's clearly having a better season this year and he's up against Sheffield United, who currently statistically have the worst defence in the league. So I'm going to back him to improve his goals tally from last year and get one goal at least. So that's a 2.98. Yeah, that's a Izzy, good who have you got? I went with Carlton Morris. Um, he's scored, I think, four goals this season for Luton, but not so much in recent games. But what's really emerged is that he's got this partnership with Alfie Doherty. And I touched on kind of strike partnerships earlier, and only Liverpool and Villa have better strike partnerships that. And I think against a Crystal Palace side, you know, this could really come into fruition. And, and Morris, you can always bank on him to score a penalty or something like that. So, um, yeah, I've gone with Carlton Morris. Lovely. And he's at 3.25 uh, with SBK at the moment. So that is it all for this week. That's flown by. Um, thanks for listening to the first episode of our Football Cup podcast. We hope you found it both informative and entertaining. Do not worry. The usual horse racing crew will be back later in the week to review this weekend's racing action. Good luck over the weekend, and remember that new customers can get £30 in free bets with SBK when you place your first bet of £10. T and C's apply. Thank you very much.